They do say before you judge someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. And if you were judging this week's guest, you'd be certified to be in a pretty fantastic pair. Whether it's her trademark butterfly heels and just general sleek, bright and banging designs, she's been responsible for dressing the feet of some of the world's most well-known women, whether it's Oprah, Jennifer Lopez, the Spice Girls, Michelle Obama, Kylie, the list goes on. She's doing it worldwide, but we wanted to bring this woman a little bit closer to home. Welcome to This City, the podcast that reveals the stories, hidden gems and certified spots tried and tested by some of London's most recognisable names. Whether they're born and bred in the capital or have made it a second home, London holds a key piece to their heart. And this week, I'm joined by eminent shoe and accessory designer, Sophia Webster. Sophia Webster. Hi. Actual (laughs) Sophia Webster. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's so great to finally meet you. I've been a massive fan of you you. and your footwear for the longest time. You're very kind and give me shoes to wear when I need to scrub up well. And uh, but we've never actually no, met. No, I feel like our paths have crossed, but we've not never actually met each other. But you always look fabulous in my shoes. So. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> there's so much to discuss today, and you know, if there's one thing that we know proverbially about most women, yes, I'm generalising, is that they love shoes. Yeah. Where did your shoe love affair begin? Do you remember the first time you saw a pair of shoes, like as a kid, and thought? Oh, these are magical. The first pair of shoes that I really fell in love with was because I've got an older sister, Claudia. So she had a pair of Patrick Cox. Um, they weren't the loafers. They were Patrick Cox jelly shoes with an Eiffel Tower in the heel. So they were, yeah, they were they were amazing. And I remember like staring at them and just being so jealous. Those, <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned Patrick Cox and it's such an iconic shoe, especially for London because Patrick Cox shoes sort of uh, signified like the ultimate like garage raver definitely was that your older sister she was actually who introduced me to garage she went to Ayanapa on holiday and um, just stayed out there and didn't come home I think I was probably just turned 17 at the time and my mum and dad had booked to go on holiday and they didn't want to leave me in their house on my own I think they did I think they thought I'd have some sort of crazy party so they (laughs) were like okay you can go to Ayanapa your sister can look after you Oh, no So, yeah, way. I got, like, a free pass to Iron Apple when I was 17. So, yeah. I that bet was... that was quite the right of passage. <laughs> it definitely was, yeah. Where are your parents from? Like, what's 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 your journey and relationship with the great city we call London? <laughs> yeah, so both my parents are South... So, my grandparents are both South Londoners. So, my dad's uh, mum and dad are from... Forest Hill but my grandma was a Czech refugee when she escaped Prague she um, went to Forest Hill and that's where my granddad's from as well and my mum's mum and dad are from New Cross. You say quite close to South London when it came to to studying. Yeah. So tell me about where you studied again. Um, So I did a foundation course at Camberwell College of Art. After I did that I went to London College of Fashion that was based in East London. I went to Cordwainers College which is the shoemaking part of London College of Fashion uh-huh. but it was when I was at Cordwainers that I kind of found my love of shoes of drawing shoes I was quite into sculpture at the time so I was spending a lot of time in the in the workshop there carving these things that looked a bit like heels I think and then we had a um a life drawing class it was with a fashion model they were kind of changing outfits every time and I just found myself really focused on on the shoes and I think shoes are like a combination of like designing and then actually 
and sculpture as well. It's like wearable art, I think. Yeah. Alyssa, I love following your Instagram because obviously we get to see all the shoes you design, but you put up your, your dance videos, which uh, I yeah, love yeah, yeah. of you in the studio. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, this girl, she, she knew how to rave back in the day. Uh, what kind of nights were you going to? Do you remember any particular DJs you were always going um, to see or like any particular nights that like, yeah, stick out? Yeah, uh, EZ, Crew. My first memory of a garage road was probably at Pure Silk at Bagley's, I think it was. I was still pretty young then. King's so, Cross. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, where else did we go? Uh, Benji's. I think that was in Mile End. But then a lot of garage raves, it wasn't so easy to have a garage rave in London. So I think we used to go a bit further out. Watford, Romford. A committed um, raver. Yeah, Eros. So is Eros Enfield, I think. So we just have to travel. It was fun. But my friend Sean is allergic to alcohol, so she would drive. Or my big sister would drive, yeah. That was a touch. <laughs> so you can just basically get dressed up, do the turn up and be like, okay, can someone drive me home, please? <laughs> yeah, we used to travel all over as well. Like Milton Keynes, Sidewinder used to be there. Milton Keynes used to have some big nights there. Would you say those days inspired like what you do now, like with your collections? Yeah, definitely. I found, yeah, I mean, it always stems from something that I've loved growing up or that has been a passion of, of mine. It always creeps in somehow. I did a show in Regent's Park. I think we made like a secret garden for Fashion Week. And I had Katie B singing like... Oh, big um, up Katie B. Yeah. Tekken Princess. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she sung like live lounge kind of versions of all the garage classics. That was like so special. And I always think, why didn't we record it? Because it was just magical. Um, when you see somebody wearing your shoes in public and not in a, you know, not on a red carpet and, and not in a kind of fancy setting, but just yeah. a regular, regular, regular woman or man, because anyone can wear your shoes. Yeah, but I mean, how... we, we got to a size 46 now. Okay. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, anyone that wants to wear them. How does that make you feel? And what do you do when you see somebody wearing your shoes? It's amazing to, to see people in my shoes and I get really excited, but then I get really shy. My daughter, Bibi, one of the mums in her school, she was like, look, mummy, she's got your shoes on and she was like pushing me to go and say tell mummy tell her she's she's got your shoes on I was like no baby I don't want to I'm, I'm shy it's like I just did yeah I don't know I get I get a bit shy a lady came up to me before in I think I was in Liverpool street on the way to work and she was like oh my gosh I love your shoes where did you get them and I panicked and I was like oh um I got them in browns um, oh no, Netta Porter. I was like, just made up one of the stockists, and she was like, "Yeah, but what's the brand?" And then, then I walked off, and she come back, "Yeah, but what, what's the brand?" And then I was like, "Oh, it's it's Sophia Webster." Um, and then it was just gets really awkward because I should have just said at the start, you know, "Oh, I made this." Listen, I would have been like, "Bitch, that's me." <laughs> They're my shoes. I know. I just, yeah, I just, I just get really embarrassed. That's why I don't really wear the Kiaras, the ones with the butterfly wings on the back, because you just get stopped everywhere. You can't walk down the street without saying, "Oh, I love your shoes." And I just, yeah, I get a bit, I get, do get a bit embarrassed. But I love seeing other women in my shoes. Honestly, I don't think there's a wedding that I've been to in the past because I've been going to a lot of weddings the past two or right. three years. Everyone's <laughs> flipping getting married, um, but uh, I, I will always see somebody in a pair of your shoes. I'm just like. Oh, Okay, Sophia's, or you'll just you'll see a woman like on the tube, or I don't know, like going out on a night out, and you just like you'll give her the knowing nod, like, oh, okay, <laughs> she's got the Rosalinds on. <laughs> it's so interesting that you get re- that you get shy about it. If people come up to me, then I love I love speaking to you know, like, oh, I'm gonna buy looking shoes for your, you know, to buy for my wedding and things like that. And I love talking to shoes with people. I just get a bit shy about going going up to people. Like, see those feet? <laughs> they look good because of me. <laughs> 
No, I can, I'll try that one. <laughs> do you know what? I dare you. Next time you see somebody wearing a pair of shoes, just be like, just so you know, I made that happen. <laughs> do you remember um, the first shop you were stocked in or how you first started? Like, Where did you first sell your shoes in London? Um, in Browns on South Moulton Street. So I'd won a competition with them. I was studying at the Royal College of Art at the time. There was a student shoe designer competition and... It was with the Gina factory, which is in Dalston. All the finalists went there and had a shoe made, which was just the most exciting day ever. Because Gina's a really iconic shoe brand yeah, as well, isn't definitely, it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I remember all the women on Footballers Wives used to wear Gina yes, shoes. Yes, did, yeah. <laughs> Speed Garage theme shoe, excellent team name. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Footballers Wives. Um, yeah, so I spent the day there um, making the, the shoe that was my final entry and then I ended up winning that. And they said, when you've finished your master's, come and show us your final collection. So I did. And then they stocked my final collection as a, like a collaboration. So at the time it was Sophia Grace for Brown. So that was my first experience of having my shoes in stores, but which was amazing because I was working for Nicholas Kirkwood at the time, which is just down the road. So I used to go and check on them at lunchtime. I'd be like, look in the window. Yep. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, it was really exciting. That's so cool because I think, you know, a lot of people, especially in London, because London is so competitive for everything, whether you work in like the arts or like finance, whether you're trying to be a teacher, whatever, there's always a level of competition and it's not easy to study what you want to do because like money, money is a big factor. Like how was it for you as a sort of, um, as a young student, like in the city trying to get your foot, I guess your foot, no pun intended, <laughs> your, your well-dressed foot, like under the door just because you know I think a lot of people you know when they think of like the fashion world like look you're you're very aware that a lot of people are the sons and daughters of so and so oh yeah there's a there's a lot of nepotism yeah exactly so how how did you manage to sort of break through I just used to really put myself out there for any competition anything that came up I just wanted to get so much experience and I wanted to show people I just wanted to get my work out there because you know, I think you know when you're good at something. So I just wanted people to see that. So I was totally happy to work at the same time. And, you know, I've done so many different jobs over the years, like from Argos to telesales. The amount of people I've tried to sell <laughs> double glaze into that didn't want it. Silver service waitressing, like that's a really good job to do when you're at college because it's like in the evenings and it's quite well paid um and that was great for me as well because you used to get to do a lot of events that were like in the fashion industry Ooh. so you know serving like canapes to people and I think it's set me up quite well in a way because you know it's like you should never be rude to people or you know on the way up because I think you know it's, I just think that's quite important you know to be humble Absolutely. Is there anybody that you've served a canopy to who's now worn your shoes? <laughs> yeah, there's loads of people. I mean, I did the opening of the, no, the first birthday of the Stella McCartney store. And I remember it was funny because when you did events, like we did like a Converse event and everyone got a pair of Converse that we had to wear. So this Stella McCartney job came up and everybody wanted it. And when we got there, we all thought we was going to get something Stella McCartney. And then she dressed us up as clowns. Excuse me. <laughs> Because that was just the, that was just the mood for her collection, right? No, that was the theme of the party, right? Okay. So, and I was a bit late as well, so there was no t-shirts left. So I was in this like big like um, the t-shirt was too big for me. It was quite funny. We got dressed up as clowns. 
And has, and has Stella since worn your shoes? No, she's not worn my shoes. Right. No, no, no. She has her own shoes. It, isn't that amazing that, you know, you went from serving canapes at her party and she's, yeah. now, well, she's now in your peer group. Like, it's yeah, yeah. pretty incredible. I had um, someone that we were interviewing for our board of directors the other day and I remember doing one of their... He was like the CEO at the time of a, of a party that I was waitressing at. So, yeah, it's quite, you know, it does mean a lot when you get to those moments where you can really think, I'm actually really proud of myself. Do you remember your um, your first, the first time you showed at London Fashion Week? Because London Fashion Week is such a big deal for, mm. for any designer. Yeah. Can you talk to me about your the very first time you did it? Because obviously from the outside looking in, we just see the glamour and yeah. the final result, which is like, you know, a few minutes long fashion show yeah. behind the scenes. What's going on? Yeah, Um. So my first show was in Belgravia, in a house in Belgravia. I got a sponsorship from NewGen, which is the British Fashion Council, give young people starting their businesses. You have to apply for it and then they give you sponsorship and they give you a slot on the London Fashion Week timetable and they give you funding. So I had this big opportunity and this platform to show my first collection. I just had this idea to put the models in like doll boxes because you have to think of a way to dress the models and then also display the rest of the collection as well. It was called Welcome to the Dollhouse. I was really lucky because at the time, there was a lady that lived really near me called uh, Justine Fairgrieve, and she was an amazing PR, and she kind of took me under her wing. So I was so lucky um, because she kind of said to me, it's going to be fine, you need to do this, this, that, but we was on a, like a shoestring budget and we couldn't get sponsorship and I called on favours from so many people. So my friend Daryl, who does neons, he like did me this big neon sign and then these other people that I know made the boxes. My husband, who was an electrical engineer before he before, I was like, you need to help me run this business. <laughs> so he came in like maybe three or four months in so yeah he was wiring all these things but it was like an hour before it was meant we were meant to open the doors and I just didn't know how it was going to all get done Leith Clark who's an amazing stylist she um that's the so sometimes in the in, in the industry people will kind of take chances on younger up-and-coming people and they will adjust their fees and stuff to accommodate the people the, the new businesses coming through so I was so lucky to work with Leaf we did it from like two days before the show so I was panicking and then she just was like oh we'll put them all in these dresses and then she went out I think she went to Topshop and bought all the same dress and then what, they were like dyeing all these dresses different colours and I just couldn't see I had no experience I just couldn't see how it was all going to come together but then it did and then it must have been an hour before the show was starting and they didn't have anything for their hair we just had all this tissue paper was making bows out of tissue paper spraying these baubles to put on their hair it looked like it was gonna be a real like mess (laughs) actually it came together and it was amazing and G had done the soundtrack I remember like Stush Dollar Sign was on it and there was an Etta Bond song from like ages a long time ago so it was I can't remember so what it was on like it. Was, local yeah, artists. yeah, it was. It, but it was. It kind of just came together. It was. It was really magical, and I didn't think anyone was going to come. And then, yeah, we got a good, a good, a good crowd of people in there. Oh, and I remember what happened because where we'd roped in people to do favors, somebody's friends granddad I think was doing the music or something. He bought his like CD player, and then he kept playing the wrong song oh god what was he playing <laughs> there was like a different mix for like the reception bit and okay, then the okay. show had this like bit that was it, it it kind of yeah it was meant to be this big impact and then he kept pressing the wrong 
song. All in a big fancy house <laughs> in Belgravia. Yeah. In front of all these fashion people that you were yeah. trying to impress for the first time. Yeah, it was, yeah. How, <laughs> how many times have you showed at, fashion, at London Fashion Week now? We did 10 shows. Then I was pregnant with my twins and I was due on the the week of London Fashion Week, so I said I'm not. I'm not doing one this year. <laughs> I, th- I think I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah, and then we haven't. I haven't done one since, just because it was really good because it actually gave us a chance to restructure how we plan the collections and design the collections. Because I was designing it to be able to take some time. Because when I had my first daughter, we just started the business, so. I took about 10 days off and then I took Bibi everywhere. So she came to Brazil with me to the factory, to Paris. So A very (laughs) well-travelled baby. She was just, she, you know, we adapted basically. But there's just no way I could do that with twins. So, um, and I wouldn't want to either. I want, you know, I felt like I'd earned it to have a little bit of, of time off so yeah I mean, you, you've more than earned it I like, again I, I I've I see you know you and your daughters and your husband and, on the Instagram and, and, and your step and your stepson right stepson, yeah. and, and it's just I, I'm like I don't know how I don't know how she does it <laughs> it's That's hectic a, yeah <laughs> it's fun though it's hectic we basically moved the whole collection about six months ahead which has been great because it's allowed us to work on things differently. Because when you're doing a show, you tend to tailor everything to the show, which is just two hours. And there's only certain people that can get to the show. Um, it just didn't seem to make sense for us as as a business anymore. And it seemed like the, the right time to, to stop as well. I had a, a reason to kind of stop. Because once you get on that hamster wheel... It's hard to get off of it, but I do think the industry is changing. There's a lot of a lot of things that are changing. It doesn't always make sense to follow the calendar. For sure. Um, how are you showing your little family? Like, how are you showing them the city? Like, what what things are you excited to show your kids as yeah. an adult? Like, have you taken them to any of the big sites yet? I have to be honest. It's really hard to get out of the house with twins. Speak your truth. <laughs> Speak your truth. So I do tend to stay local more just because it's like a real safety concern with them they're toddlers now so they don't want to sit down for longer than like I can sit them in their high chairs to get to give them their breakfast or their lunch and I think you've got about 17 minutes right okay (laughs) so you know can't really do coffees or breakfast out and half the time I can't fit my double buggy in the door of these places (laughs) (laughs) I tend to just stay um I stay local. You, you know, there's some amazing parks. We go yeah, to Victoria where, 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 Park. Yeah. We go to uh, Wanstead Park. It's amazing. It's like a, a real sort of hidden gem that not many people know about. So Wanstead Park, is it's like Victoria Park, but much quieter and a bit more, it's a bit less... It's a bit less trendy, but it's it's lo- it's really it's a really lovely walk around there. So I think we do. I try and get like fresh air every weekend with them. But my daughter's five, my eldest daughter, and the social life of a five year old is insane. So oh. <laughs> some weekends we've got like three parties, like two one in the morning on a Saturday, one in the afternoon, Sunday morning, and you know it's it's yeah it's hard to keep up with. She's booked. And, she's booked and busy. <laughs> Yeah, so that's 
that's what we do a lot of a lot of um, weekends. It's yeah, adapting to BB's social calendar. Yes, um, I was going to ask that. Has <laughs> has becoming a parent as as well as a businesswoman? You know, how has it changed your relationship with the city? Because you know, London is is where you've been born, but you've you found it as to be a sort of commercial centre for your brand. Yeah, and now you've got these kids. So like, how, yeah. how how has it affected how you see the city? I'm a bit more hesitant to go into central London. We're in Redbridge, so it's as far east as you can go before you're in Essex. So, you know, the studio's in Shoreditch. So Shoreditch, in the week, going to work is me, like, having me time. Right. So She's out, out. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I go to work for a rest. So, yeah, but in Shoreditch, there's some really, you know, great places. Just around the corner from our office, there's a Clava, which is an amazing restaurant, which we love. Um, what kind of food is it? It's like fusion. It's like Turkish fusion. I'm not really too sure, but they do amazing halloumi with in honey. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. And they do these chips that have this like green sauce which it's not does it I'm not selling it but it's really amazing you have to try it it's so it's so good anyone we take there loves it, it when our fat people from our factory come over we always go there it's so nice a clava you Oclava, say yeah. a clava I mean as we know East London is quite the creative hub are you going to have any galleries for inspiration like where are you sort of walking about like in your office time so our old office was on Leonard Street and we were opposite a gallery called Pure Evil Gallery so Pure Evil's like a street artist. He does like faces with like a crying eye and then you can like, the eye can go from, the the tears goes like from the frame down the wall. It's really cool. But he did this amazing graffiti on a, I think it might have been a, I don't know, There's a. it was when they were building the Nobu Hotel, which was behind our... It's, so Willow Street, I think, um, around that area. Yeah, right. so that must be behind Leonard Street. So it was... Um, he did this unicorn, but it was a rhino and it was like, I am a unicorn. So I kind of loved that because it's like, well, yeah, you, you know, you, you got to have confidence, you know, you've got to, to, you might be a rhino, but you see yourself as, as a unicorn. So, and then um, we moved office and we was walking down that road the other day and he had that same, he'd done a print of it. It was in bright neon pink and like pink's my colour. Uh, so I went in there and he said, oh, that's the only one I'm ever going to do in pink. So, yeah, I bought that as a, as a treat to myself for make, if we'd like making it from Leonard Street. So we've got two floors now in a, a building like not too far away. So, um, yeah, I love Pure Evil Gallery and Jealous Gallery as well is just around the corner. And they sell one of my favourite artists called Magda Archer. So I get a lot of her prints. The images are, are quite childlike and lots of fun colors and the the images are really innocent I think they're inspired by um like children's vintage kind of uh children's artworks but the the messages are always a bit rude or a bit cheeky so yeah I like I I like those you can can say some you can we can say whatever you like in this on this on this podcast so don't don't hold back if there's there's anything rude that you remember um yeah so I like going in there I like I buy a lot of prints buy a lot of art well, you are resplendent in in pink today. Yeah, yeah. I love the look. Pink camo. <laughs> I, I love the look. Who is your ultimate sort of like London babe? Like, who would you love to see in your shoes? Or who is the most old, ultimate London babe that you've seen in your shoes? And you don't have to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> sit right here. Um, let me think. 
I get the emails from our PR when I wake up in the morning, like the ones from LA come in. So if it's been like the music awards or something, it's always exciting. It's like, oh, he's won them. I get really excited. You are given <laughs> full reign to name drop. No. No, I'm, no, for me, selfishly for me, like give me the names of like who's wearing your shoes that recently you've gone, oh my God. Okay, firstly, Clara Ampho. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, dear listener, what you can't see is me staring at Sevilla like, same one name, same one name. No, no but seriously, who, like, who's, what, who's, who has worn your shoes that has really made you gasp? Me like, oh my gosh. Michelle Obama has worn them a few times recently. She's requested some more as well. So that's just really exciting. Do you make um, custom pieces for her? We would do. Some people we make custom bits for. Oprah. Oprah wore them when she delivered her amazing speech, yeah. Well, as in, a new day is on the horizon. Yeah, she was wearing them. Don't lie. <laughs> that's, that, like, that speech and that, the whole, I mean, everything around that, everything around that moment, all the conversation around that, around that moment. It yeah. just, I mean, it's still so very pertinent and so important, but just aside for the fashion, she's wearing your shoes. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we it was it was amazing. Yeah, I get was. the feeling that sometimes you still can't quite believe it. Yeah, I do feel like when these sort of things happen, I think, oh my god, they've actually put their foot into a shoe, and their foot's touched my name. Like <laughs> Oprah's <doesn't>... foot <laughs> has touched your name. Michelle Obama's know, foot has touched your name. It's funny, like yeah, and I think, oh, like, oh my god, maybe Oprah might have actually said my name. You know, like. If the, you think, oh, the conversation, they might have been, oh, should I wear, you know, should you, do you prefer these ones? Do you prefer the Glebertans? Or do you prefer, you know? And it's like, oh, my God. The Sophia Webster. Yeah. I can imagine her saying it like that. <laughs> I've seen a couple. Some people, like, send me links to different videos, you know, like when they'll do interviews on the red carpet and stuff. And I have had Who a couple of shout-outs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've posted them on Instagram before because it's just so, it's just, yeah, it really blows my mind. I think they asked J-Lo and she was she didn't know. Because obviously when you're being styled, you'll get thrown all different things at yeah. you, you know. And then they're like, yeah, that's the look. And then she didn't know and she like hoiked her leg up and looked underneath her shoe and she was like, Sophia Webster, shout out. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm actually screaming for I you. I know, I just couldn't believe it. It was so exciting. In the old office, we used to, whenever we had things happen like that, we used to do a conga. <laughs> Amazing. around the office. So, so <laughs> if anybody is walking down Shoreditch High Street at a particular time in the afternoon... Yeah, they might see a conga, a conga line. And that still happens, does it? No, we don't really do that anymore. Oh, you need we've to got, bring it back. We've got a bit more... It's not so laid back. We're still fun, but it's like we've got a few more processes and a bit more organisation. That was when we had like 12 people. There's like 70 people now. So wow. we have to kind of have some sort of structure and organisation. Yeah, yeah, I guess... You, okay, maybe not... <laughs> we can't all be congering. I think we did conga. I think maybe like the last time was like a year ago. So yeah, we have we have congered en masse. Okay. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it can't die. That I think that'd, that'd be a bit of a travesty. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back to to um, oh yeah, sorry. A couple of last things. You living with your sister, um, yeah. When you were studying, talk to me all about that because that just sounds like. I mean, because I'm not sure if I could handle living with my brother whilst I was studying. I yeah. Can't... So how how was it living with your sister? Where, where were you living? Like we were living in New Cross, so it was Kendra Street, which at the time. The A2 used to bend round and then go down that road, but when we viewed the flat. It was the middle of the day, so it was really quiet. And then when we moved in there, I had the bedroom at the front and it was literally like the eight. <laughs> <laughs> so you just couldn't sleep. It was like, in the morning, it was like so noisy. So that was the first 
thing that was not ideal. And then um, we're both really scared of mice. And then it turned out that we had a bit of a uh, like it must have been the second or third day we'd moved in, and there was this massive mouse in the kitchen. I'm not quite sure if it might have been a rat. I might have been Christmas time, and we'd come we'd come back from my mum's that afternoon, and she'd given us this like cheese board, which we had. Out. Hang on. T- Okay, not to catch the mice, but <laughs> no, to, no, to, 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 as a gift to her daughters. Okay, right. It was like leftover. Okay, right, 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 so right. So we right, had right. all these like cheeses and then we saw this mouse and we both ran upstairs and was hiding upstairs and then we realised we'd left them like a cheese barbecue. It's very, car- it's very cartoon-esque, isn't it? You just assume that mice just want to just yam down a bunch of cheese. <laughs> So was your sister yeah. studying at the same time no, as well? No, my sister was working. She's a TV producer, so she was working at the time. Um, we didn't live there long. She bought her first flat really near there in New Cross by um, Hong Kong City. That a Chinese, like yeah, a Chinese yeah, yeah, restaurant yeah. with the Elvis that sings. Yeah. And I lived kind of behind there. I had a, a flat, the tiniest flat ever. I lived on my own. It was in South Bermondsey, so there was no tubes I'd won a bursary from River Island at the time. So that summer, I had to get to Hanger Lane every day because that's where, I don't know if it's still there. That's a mission. Yeah, it used to take me hours. So I used to have to walk to the bus stop on Old Kent Road, which was like 20 minutes. Then I used to have to get the bus to Elephant and Castle. Then I'd get the tube. Then another tube to Hanger Lane. And then I'd have to walk like 25 minutes to River Island office. It was dedication <laughs> and well, well dedication that paid off yeah as life changes and as we experience like different different parts of the world and obviously in this case different parts yeah. of the city there are places that we just have an affinity towards so where is that place for you now I'd have to say Walthamstow because that's where um E17 are from <laughs> yes <laughs> um first, firstly Harvey. for that reason um well when I met my husband he's from that area so he was living in Walthamstow I moved there and that was kind of where it was at that point in my life where everything was kind of starting so we started our business on the dining table there actually so that's really where it all started I used to have all my boards like on the doors all the doors in the house are like different range plans and different things so it was it's definitely got a lot of memories we lived kind of near the village so it was Walthamstow village before it was like it was really trendy, so I think it was kind of you could see it was there was a real excitement about that area building. There's a lot of memories there. We got married in the registry office there. When I did a collaboration with Barbie, I filmed the video there in Wolfenstow. So I had uh, Caliuchis as Barbie. This was maybe like four years ago, I think. So I was so excited that she agreed to it be Barbie. We went into Wolfenstow, we went in Manzi's in the pie and mash shop. So like I had Caliuchis like eating pie and mash. Love that. Random. And um, went in the sweet shops, like down the market. So yeah, that was like a fun, that was a fun day. Um, it was just a really exciting time for us. Um, it took me through that that first era of building a business. And um, yeah, there's so many cool things there. Like in the village, the spa had like the award for like the best spa in 
England. I'm not talking like spa as in like treatments. I'm oh, like... no, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, as in yeah. the convenience store. Yeah, it was unbelievable how amazing it was. And I used to like big it up to everybody and they'd be like, are you actually talking about like this, this like shop spa? And I'm like, yeah, it's, um, it is amazing. I just, it was the only thing I would talk about at the time with like real excitement because they had... Um, the ready meals in there were like leftovers, I think, from Eat 17, which was like the really nice restaurant next door. So they did the ready meals. Then there was like a bakery at the front from a, another baker's on the road that had like banana bread and all different really nice. So it's proper, locally yeah. sourced stuff. And then there was a, this Italian guy at the back that would cook pizza. That sounds like a touch. I know, it was amazing. So we just used to like go to the spa every every night all right then the spa in Wolfenstein it's the number one I night don't know spot. if it's still I don't know if it's still popping okay <laughs> but back then it was and they had bacon jam as well which was like mm. the first the f- and then um Sarah Jessica Parker had a jar of it on the Jonathan Ross show that was um quite surreal yeah E17 to the world yeah I ask everybody who comes on here, it's a very bait question, but I like yeah. to ask people because you know what? Who wouldn't want to be in charge of the city just yeah. for one day? So if you were mayor for one day, Sadiq Khan was like, you know what? I'm going to take a little break. Yeah. Um, what, would you, what would you have in London? Based on the earlier question of what I do at the weekends, I'll probably make all the tube stations have access for a, a double buggy <laughs> or wheelchairs, you know, just not steps, basically, because getting about with a double buggy is really difficult. So you have to just, you know, hopefully there's some kind, strong person that helps you up. I think it's only like 30% of the of the tube stations has like lift or ramps. Yeah. Learn something every day. All right. <laughs> so that's probably the first thing I'd do. So I could venture a bit further out. <laughs> I'm not a massive fan of the colour red. So interesting. Yeah. So I'd probably make the buses pink. <laughs> you know, that's the first on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a hot take I was not expecting, but I like it. A, not a fan of the colour red. And by the way, we're saying this in a studio that has got red. <laughs> We're surrounded. We're in, we're in a studio that is, it's like four walls of red. Have you yeah. been having deep anxiety yeah. this whole time? I'm on red alert. Okay, I'm so very, and I've got a red phone case, which I'm just going to No, turn I don't, I like over. red. Oh, no, right. I don't, well, I don't mind red. Like, I understand why people like red, but I don't really like red that you much. You just prefer pink? I prefer pink, yeah. Okay, great. So I think I'd, yeah, I'd make the buses pink. What else would I do? I'd probably make more Toby Carveries. <laughs> build more for the day sure if you're London you can do what you want so we've established uh, more room for double buggies and more accessibility yeah. so we're talking lifts over yeah. steps and public transport yeah. pink buses yeah. not red ones and more Toby Carveries yeah Dear listener, that is Sophia Webster's London. Thank you so very much for coming on our podcast. (laughs) And um, don't be afraid to show off when you meet a woman on public transport. No, I won't. Who's wearing your shoes? (laughs) I won't, promise, next time. What are we going to say, bitch? They're my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I made this happen. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks very much for listening to this city. Now, do take the recommendations seriously. And if you happen to go to any of the places mentioned, do let me know by posting a picture using the hashtag ThisCityPod and make sure you tell them who sent you and try and get a discount or something. Um, I've been your host, Clara Ampho, and this podcast is available everywhere. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and CastBox. And if you like what you heard, 
which I hope you did, uh, please rate, review and tell your friends. I mean, we do like five stars. We'll accept four, but five is the sweet spot. Um, Thank you again for listening. This has been a Sony Music fourth floor creative production.